When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. When your coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced, it's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com. All right, guys, welcome into episode 36 of Coffee and Shell. We took, a, I think, like a 10-day break. We apologize. Uh, I was traveling for what seems to be every single week this month, and uh, we just got busy. So, unfortunately, we uh, weren't able to record it yesterday. We're going to double up, hopefully, this week. Episode 36 this is a jam-packed episode. All right, guys, buckle up. Okay, we got a lot to talk about. EA releasing the most scam packs possibly ever in the store. GWC, the biggest the biggest portion of the GWC is about to happen. Uh, we got Kenobi spoilers. We are going to talk about our thoughts on Kenobi. So make sure if you haven't watched Kenobi, don't listen to the portion. We'll make sure that we give you a spoiler thing. Uh, also, some new games. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This is probably the most excited intrigued I've been to try other games. And then we're going to do our top five worst NHL games in order. This is not just like a, a five. We will give our top five worst games that we think in the NHL franchise. But regardless, I'm Sleeves. He's Kesso. Kesso, how you been, dude? Dude, I've been doing good. We celebrated our first unofficial uh, Father's Day this past weekend. It was really nice. My wife got me a, a new Blackstone Grill griddle. Have you seen those? That's pretty solid. I have. Yeah. Uh, so I used it, you know, made some hamburgers, made a steak the other day um so that was pretty fun um just been enjoying life let's go dude you know dude and i so i we were supposed to record tomorrow and i I texted you earlier today i'm like yeah i'm gonna stream that ihf tournament so i was like i bet it starts at like 7 p.m i get on the check-in of the tournament it starts at 10 p.m like i was like oh what what in the world so like after this i'm excited to you know play some nhl for the first time in a long time let's go Uh, hopefully represent it's kind of cool yeah, dude, 5K to the first place team. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? No, so guys, for anyone that doesn't know, the IHF tournament is coming, is back for the first time since 2020. I got to be, I was like the, it was like my first big broadcasting gig that I like helped with in the NHL community. Um, it's back and I will be heavily involved in it again this year. But um, yeah, so basically there'll be two representatives from I think 22 different countries. So there's 22 different little mini tournaments and you end up with two uh qualifiers from each one obviously canada the u.s and finland are really the big big ones where there's a lot of competition 
Um, then it's really fun. Then basically what you do is it's aggregate. So yes, you will play Europeans and the connection will be absolutely brutal. Um, but there's a aggregate scoring. I think it's the same way. So basically what'll happen is you play one person and say you win five, one, that means that, uh, their opponent has to win by six or five, five, five. Yes. Game. So, uh, it's a really cool format. It's one of the ones I've, I've really enjoyed and, uh, it'll be fun to see how this one's done. But yeah, the connection issue is always going to be getting no land, but nonetheless, uh, it will be fun. Do you, uh, is there anyone else? Did you see anyone else trying out for it? Yeah, dude. So, uh, People signed up on both consoles, right? I think you can only yeah, play yeah. one. Um, so I think tonight Junior Pens will be in my bracket, maybe Daddy Padre, uh, Dodzy. Um, but unlike GWC, like GWC combines North America, right? So it's always tough. This one is a little bit easier because, you know, I'm not yeah, going to have yeah. to play like Safira or Eggs or something. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, dude, I played my first two versus games of the year last night, you know. We're yeah, in, yeah. what, June 23rd. Yeah, so I just yeah. like, I better, you know play a versus game it feels so much better it's weird and it's like dude and it's like i like this tournament because it's like a mix between versus and hut because you have like some of the higher Canadian teams right yeah well to uh team usa so a lot of people that are good on the team you know it it was fun so i'm looking forward to it it's funny because like everyone talks about hockey ultimate team where it's like the first two months are like by far so good and and everyone thinks it's content and getting bored of the game that's gonna be part of it but man I think that, like, the biggest issue that Hockey Ultimate Team always has is just the, the way that it progresses compared to other sports games. It's just there's no way to please marketing, the player base, and the development team effectively. There's not. Like, there simply isn't. I've talked about this before. Like, if you were to, like, let's say you started, because everyone's like, well, why don't you just start, like, over, I guess this is our first fucking hockey talk debate here, so get into it. People talk about, um, you know, how... You start playing Hockey Ultimate Team at the beginning, and why don't they start the overalls lower, right? Because that's like, you know, then progression takes longer, and it's all that. The problem with that is if you go, because it does start lower than Hut, or uh, Versus, sorry. So, like, yeah. Connor McDavid is an 89 overall, right? He's like a 95 in Versus. Yeah. Uh, much higher ratings, but they have to dial that back because you can't have a 95 overall card at launch of the game. Um, and, and the issue that you run into is if you were to go back even further you're playing do you remember that silver comp seasons that was like an nhl 20 i do remember that i don't think i played in it but i remember it happening no but and, and everyone was like this is like when comp season started to like be I, I don't know if it was already on the outs or if it was like the last year of it and basically for anyone that doesn't know what a competitive season was it was basically little tiny mini hut champs or like you, you know events that you could play in that had team restrictions which is awesome and desperately needed in nhl or just something but the problem is that everyone hated the silver one because the overalls were so low. You were playing with, like, 80 overall skaters, and you noticed that. Like, speed yeah. is relative, but at, when you play with slower players, you notice that. Um, and if you brought it all the way back down, that makes it even slower, right? And at launch of the game, it's really important that the game plays what it's intended to be like because if it doesn't, your reviews go out, the perception of the game gets made, and that's it. So... You know, when when it comes to like the player base, you know the the issue the issues I was gonna be like, you know, it, we get ninety nine skaters in December, and they've done a better job at it, but it's still it's still the power creep is very quick. I think team of the year is probably the biggest problem because team of the year comes out, and that's clearly a marketing thing, right? Like marketing comes in and is like, hey, we want this event, and it's like, okay, cool, but then the player base, you've got six cards that are gonna be like ninety nine overall, like Victor Hedman was, and that's just you know it kind of that kind of sucks but the dev team has it even harder 
because the dev team has no control over hockey ultimate team right the dev team makes hunt and eshl and when they release the game they feel that that's what they wanted and what is it as intended and if you play versus you usually will it'll be your most enjoyable experience yeah, one it's yeah, peer-to-peer not time. server based and, and that's crazy because that's literally what the game is designed like the developers did usually do a half decent job when it comes to that some years it's worse than others, but you know, like when you play 99 Hut and then go to that, it's a nice break. Like it's a nice refreshing break because versus is what it is as intended. And it's so funny because like, man, when we were growing up, that's all I played. Like franchise mode, and then I would grind out top, try to get top 100 in versus every year. Yeah, and dude. like that was the fun. That was just, the, and that was it. And now hockey ultimate team, it, it get it, like as your season goes along, you got to keep cards in your lineup to to keep up with everyone else. But then like you get into the situation where you're not playing the game as it was intended to be developed, right? And I don't know how you fix it. Again, I don't know how you appeal. Again, so like the big issue with marketing, right? It's like you're not going to be as excited for a ninety or an eighty-eight overall card that comes out in January, regardless if it is slightly better than what we have. As a human being, you see that and you will not be as excited. It's happening in MLB right now. They're lowering the power creep. They're really hammering down on it. Um, not releasing cards at a really high clip that were higher overall. And people are just inertly just like angry about it, but they're not realizing like that this is a transition year. And it's just how marketing is. Like you need that you need that new higher card to chase because then it's like, why am I buying packs and all that kind of stuff? So, but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying Verse. I'm excited to see who wins because uh, it's, it's always really fun to see you because it's a, it's a duo that wins the the for the countries right uh but let's talk okay let's talk about hot and the store okay that's our first big topic so ea there is I, I don't know if there's someone new but there is definitely a change in philosophy of what's going on in the store either there's more freedom being allowed or they're just like like let's just try some stuff because there's been packs that have come out recently that were never in the store throughout the year and uh the cost of them is absolutely hilarious so recently i don't even know the name it's like jumbo supreme super ultra elite <laughs> pack and it was dude it was 20 cards 10 of them are 83 and above and 10 of them are 82 and above the price tag on this pack is 60 bucks yeah 60 dollars that is almost the cost of the game at launch that is more than what the game costs now and what's even more insane is it is untradeable. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think what they're doing now is literally trying to squeeze like any penny remaining out of the people that are still playing. Because that's the only thing that's feasible, right? Like, why else would they be re- releasing these types of packs? Is there anything else that makes sense? Part, part of me thinks uh, part of me thinks that it's people... So EA Play came out, or whatever it was called. I think it's called EA Play. And NHL was free. And there was actually a big influx of players into the player base. Now, not all of them went to Hut because Hut Champs is still dead, even with the making it like half price or whatever. And there's no cards on the market. And those are all indications that no one's playing Hut. Um, so they're, out, they're playing ESHL, which is what most of the player base does anyways, or they're playing franchise mode or be a pro, things like that. I think what they're trying to do is a pack like that, if you got the game for free because it, you just got it from EA Play or whatever it's called, um, maybe you justify buying that because you're trying to make a team that could be like, yeah, you know, catch up. That's my only thought. But that makes good sense. lord, it, it is just absolutely tone deaf. Like it. Just I forgot looks that there disgusting. was that EA Play uh, period because I think Thrash was mentioning like, oh, you know, there's a lot more people playing the game now, and he's the only person that actually still enjoys playing the game. I know, I know. He that said that yeah, him. a lot of people playing the game now. So if you get the game for free, you're like, oh, I'll spend sixty dollars on a pack 
to catch up. And dude, and you're not even guaranteed a like usable card. No, dude. Like it's uh, I I did not rip this pack. I almost did. did because it was like you did it. rip the one before though. Didn't it you? It was like it was like all 82 plus. Okay. This this one is like a slightly different caveat. Yeah, dude, it was the uh, ultimate elite or something, right? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. One. It's, it's it's just a joke. Like I so I I did one that was like similar, but I think it was like 700 points cheaper. Okay. And th- th- it's just like my big issue. Okay, so here's the debate. I told you I told you there's going to be a debate or I, maybe there isn't going to be one about um what, what I have now come to realize. So, in a perfect world, we will get cross console NHL 23. We have no info on this if it's going to. So, which scares me because usually we get like, you know, a little bit of, at this point it's yeah. June, we get a little bit of a little little shown uh, bits and pieces of the new game by now as game changers. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't had a build or anything like that. So, we don't know if it's going to be cross console and we don't know if it's going to be cross market. Dude, if it comes out and there's only cross console um like gameplay, uh, I don't think that is as beneficial to HUD as cross market in the current landscape of the game. I think and it, now, it, it depends on what type of player you are. Here is my thought. So I, I've gotten hounded over the last year about maybe giving my opinions and, and only having to, and only looking out for like the competitive side of the game. And maybe that's true. I've, I've been, I, I could not have been more involved in the GWC, you know, and uh, a lot of my close friends are um, like you are among like the best players in the world. And I think that I forget sometimes that my audience, the you know, for forty thousand subs on YouTube, majority of them are like average players. They're not like the top one percent. Oh well, most I'm sure there is a lot, but the majority of my audience is players that are trying to get better at the game that aren't already great at the game. And this is if you are not in Division One in in this year, and which is there's probably this is probably the least amount of people in Division One, especially with the four consoles and how hard it is. Like there's it seems more difficult to get to Division One, um, than prior years. And that's probably because there's not as much players, right? Like, there just isn't enough. So, like, the there's not as many crappy players that are in the middle there. Crappy, you know what I mean? Like, lesser lesser skilled players. So, it's hard to get in Division One. But outside of that, you can find a game. Pretty is easily. With, I mean, is last it, yeah, time like, I tried, yeah. I have never had to wait more than five minutes, and I'm in Division One, but I'm at, like, 2250. So I'm 100 points in Division One. If you have 2,500 points or 3,000, you're not finding a game. And I feel for you guys because you're so good at the game that you're just, you, you know, you're you're at the mercy of like being too good, essentially. And that sucks. However, 99% of the player base is not there. You can find a game. What you can't find are cards. And I really think for the majority of the player base and for the game to be better, because I've said this before that once cross console becomes a thing the actual act of putting cross console in the game does not make the game in infinitely better. It allows them to put modes into the game because now it's cross console. That makes the game infinitely better, right? So if all we're going to get, and again, we've been game changing. Well, you've been a game changer now for two years. This will be my fifth NHL game. We have a pretty decent understanding of the levels of things that an amount of things that they can implement into a game each year. I would have to hazard a guess that if cross console is a thing and that's where all the resources are going, we are not getting much else. I wouldn't think so. No, I would be blown away if we got cross console, like a couple modes or a mode or, or something like that. I, like, I, I would think that cross console is what the back of the box feature is. And that's really the big thing that would be. Yeah. I mean, I also, if that's the case, I am looking forward to a year without a back of the box feature. Yeah, because I, I think mean, if you go back, year, I don't even think we had one though, dude. We the, the back of the box features for the past four or five years have not been anything desirable, right? So, like thinking about it, what it was this past year, 
It was that alternate reality thing. The oh, overlay on the ice. Reality yeah. too, augmented, that, not alternate. That did not work. Yeah, that was awful, right? X yeah. factors. Uh, I don't really care for it too Roster much. Roster sharing in December was. I don't. Was that a back of the box feature? I don't know, but I could see it. Like it. That, I remember yeah. that being a big thing when they did the announcement of NHL twenty. Yeah, ones was one of those as well. That was in NHL twenty. Ones eliminator was one. Rush was one of them in twenty one. Yeah, Rush was twenty ones. Now going back to nineteen, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I can't tell. Maybe Rivals. Rivals uh, came like mid year. Yeah, it was mid year, so it would have been like a gameplay thing. It probably the yeah. new, it was it been, a oh, new the stick and the the defensive skill stick was one in NHL. Yeah, and then uh, you said stick. There was another one. The skating stick engine. and physics. The stick wasn't and physics. wasn't there a new skating engine at some point? In what in NHL eighteen? <laughs> Okay, never mind. Okay, so back to my point, right? The back of the box features are never anything that's like left, like desirable, like the next year, right? For the most part, we don't really care about them. Yeah. Um, no, I no but I, I think though, like you were saying, like the market thing, if it is cross console and it's not cross market, right? You, you should have a lot more people that have the PS5 and like Series X or S system next year, though, because we we play on the new gen systems. Not too many people have them. I'm assuming there's going to be more people with those consoles, wouldn't you think? I can't see that big of a jump, though, man. Enough to... Because I'm seeing on, like, Twitter and stuff, it's like GameStop has, like, 50 yeah. PS5s, you know? Yeah. But then, also, are we going to get into the situation where uh, consoles are available and the uh, the economy crashes and nobody can afford a new one? That's what, that's where I'm That's what I'm thinking. I think that here is here is what I think let's pretend that it's let's pretend that we get cross console and not cross market because like i'd be stunned if we get both because it's it just seems like it's two different things like i just i I don't know if it would be a thing let's pretend that there's no cross market if they come out and everything is still untradeable everything is if everything is tradable outside of guaranteed cards that i hopefully we get to earn because god forbid we get something like that but if 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 it's not cross market and it's cross console and everything is tradable, then I think we're in for a nice year of hut. But if it's the same, like, dude, there is some reason I I can't ever get a straight answer. I've never been told an answer as to why, but there is a there is a reason why they they love untradable cards and protecting like the market from like everyone having these overpowered teams. But I I just like why? What if everyone had a good team? wouldn't be that like, bad would it? it what would be like is it is it it, may, it must be money it, it has everything's you know about money I, I would guess but like when you look at like fifa and other ultimate mlb it isn't like that like it's not because i'll be i'll be honest with you hockey ultimate team brings in money for nhl a lot of it but it's still game sales because everyone plays eshl that's why eshl always gets more more resources than hut um so we're still not at that point where HUD is like this huge, you know, massive money make. Oh, so it is a massive money. Make. I'm trying to like, you know, it's more than the game sales. So because the, on average, less than 20% of the entire player base of HUD spends more than $20. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah. I, now that was that was a couple of years ago. And okay. I have a feeling that in 20, my, my big fear is that 21 and 22 made a lot of money because of the government checks in North America. And oh, I'm sure it was the same here with unemployment and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, we got CERB, which was this basically grant during code where everyone got $2,000 a month. And I can guarantee you that a lot of that went into video games because no one worked, no one outside. They had extra money that they weren't used to. 
I would be willing to bet that Ultimate Team Mode saw a gigantic... Just like on Twitch. Twitch's viewership went through the roof in 20 and 22... Or 20 and 21. And a fear of mine is that, like, you know, the EA guys on their yachts are like, NHL had great numbers in 21 and 22. Why do we need to do anything else? Keep doing what you're doing, fellas. Like, that's I mean, that's it, 100%. Like, I mean, I, th- I think the people, and I've said it before on here, the people that work uh, develop the game, I think they're in a good spot, and they kind of want the same things we do their opinion if the game's better their their lives are better yeah i don't i don't think their opinion matters as much as the guy that's looking at you know a financial statement and seeing year over year 20 percent increase in revenue uh and he's just like no keep doing what you're doing you know i don't know man uh that's like but like these the pack thing this is new what they're doing they never did this in year before i i am almost at the point i said this in a couple of videos ago where I don't know if you I don't think you played HUD because this would have been this was NHL nineteen, I think. And it was launch NHL nineteen. Okay, I didn't so, play launch. Yeah, yeah, because you came over when GWC got announced, which I believe was January. There was a pack that came out where it was like two weeks after launch of the game, maybe maybe a month, right around Halloween. And uh it was a pack where you spent it was a hundred dollars. They only they only had this one time. Hundred dollar pack. You could buy two of them, the maximum. If, and in it was th- uh, three cards that you could choose from, okay, out of a possible five. So that's what, it, and you didn't get all three, you just got one of them. So this is basically a $100 card, and, but in it was like the 93 Legends Timu Solani, which was like the holy grail. And there was like Brian Leach, who was really good. There was a couple options that was like, ugh. Like, I think it was Daryl Sittler was one where it was like, ah. Eh. But like, I'm at a point now where, like, bro, give me that pack. Give Dude, me that over this crap. That's $100 on a card. It's not really that good. That, no, 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 but it's better than what the alternative is. I know, I know. I just if can't believe gonna, that let's that's... Say, if you were going to spend money on the game, right, I do it because it's my job. And, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, people watch my content because they want to see the best cards, right? And I, you know, I, I fully agree that I'm not, like, you know, I'm supporting EA and all their bullshit by buying all of their packs. Yeah, and for, this is my job, right? Like, I don't enjoy doing it, but... I have to come up with videos that people want to watch, and that's a big part of it. And um, I would much rather have that option. Yeah, it makes more sense because at least you're getting, like, an expected, like, return value on your and investment, I'm, I guess. I'm pretty sure, bro, it was tradable. Someone in the comments section, or if you're on, if you're on, listen to this on Spotify, like, tweet at us. I'm almost positive this pack was tradable. Because I, I can't remember they've trained, they, the dude, they've trained us over the years to be okay with this, though. You we know that, no right? options. We, it, it's, it's like th- this. Th- they are, they are so slow. Um, and I don't know. This might be coding, right? Somewhere along the line, NHL got ham hammered in to a way that they have to do things on a foundational code level of the game that they can't get out from. So, for example, like the collectible system. Like they can't get out of that. It's like they're they were in it, and now like gold. They were like, oh, if we make gold collectibles, you throw in fifty players. Because before gold collectibles, it was every new event had a new collectible that came with it, and you could. I believe you couldn't make them. You had to pack them, um, or uh, or maybe buy them like on the auction house. And yeah. I I can't. And then you would earn some of them through like uh, comp seasons. You would earn some through event rewards or uh, like milestones and all that kind of stuff 
Um, again, NHL 18 is a long time ago. And then NHL 19, they're like, dude, hold up. Gold collectibles. You can throw in 50 players, and now a player is a currency. And, a, and the gold collectible system was, was to only implemented to help give people another option than these stupid event ones that were clearly a scam. Every event, there was like a new collectible. Once the event was done, they were useless, right? And then the gold collectible system, they used that for like three years, and then it was like, this is not ideal. So they get rid of it. Oh, we got rid of gold collectibles. Totally new. Dude, it's just power of collectibles. And tier list. Nothing has changed. The, the foundation of that is trade in players, X amount of players, and now there's more freedom because before it was like a gold player was a gold player. 80 was the same as an 87 or an 86, right? Which helped the value of those individual cards. So if you pulled an 86 in June, it has more value than it did, than, than an 80 overall does in June. Right, whereas before it didn't. It was 86 was an 80 is the same. So like it's improved a little bit, but it's still the same thing, right? And um, you know, I, I don't know if the if the tech will ever be there. It would take a I think it would take a substantial overhaul to get out of the way of that. I would love it if the upgrade system that we now have is tied to like scoring, you know, scoring goals with that card or doing things with that card. Yeah, no, I would love that too. Like instead of uh, you know putting in five power up collectibles, you can score fifty goals with the card. Exactly, that would be way more better. Yep, uh, that is, I, I think that's I, just a better way to go. I highly doubt we'll see that though. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think there's a chance for that. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if they can track that. Like part of me thinks that like they can't track individual cards because if you look, what they do now is like score goals. Right, so when they have, when the new milestone or the new events come out, there's like objectives where it's like score fifty goals, just fifty goals, but it's never like score fifty goals with a forward. Mm-hmm. And I, a part of me thinks that that's a tech thing because I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Like they could do it on a on a much more vague level. Like if it's if it's like you know to unlock one, you got to score fifty goals with a forward. Like that's a little bit cooler than score, or maybe it's score twenty goals with a defenseman. Some of know? them are there though in rush, but I think they also don't work half the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those ones are tied to like mechanics, where it's like make seventy five passes or something. Yeah. Well, like, some of them are score score a goal with the center. You know. That's true, but your position locked. So like yeah. your position is like you are playing. Hut rush is literally ESHL. Yeah. And that and I think that's why you go out of the game because when you go to hut rush, it's a completely separate thing. And it is. Go, yeah. You know and then it I mean? has to load in the rewards separately. Yeah, like I think that it's because it 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 uses the the coding or the foundation of EASHL and not just HUT. Like, if yeah. that makes any sense? Because your team, you have to draft and like lock in. So, I don't know. I, I hope to see like that system as. A, I just want to get away from what the dude the the prime time and team of the week. That has been the same since NHL fifteen, I think. Like, and it is tired, bro. You know? Boring. It's boring. It, Every yeah. week, 50 new cards that are useless. I, More it's than funny that. I, I got a little insight last year on how it works. Like, you know, the developer that is in charge of that will come in on like a Monday and do research for four hours on which cards had a big night. It's not like it's just like you got to go through all the box scores, all that kind of stuff to see who's worthy of a primetime in multiple leagues, right? So if there was less of that and there was a harder requirement to get a primetime, that's just less work for them. And then maybe they could actually fine-tune the cards to make them a little bit different than, oh, arbitrary plus two to everything. Because that would make, like, you know, like if Timo Meyer has a five-goal game, which he did, okay? Five-goal game. His shot should be 99. Maybe he goes from 86 to an 88. Or maybe 86 to an 89. And his shot is all 99, but everything else stays in level. 
Like that is cooler. That card is specifically different and it has a uniqueness to it that the other guys don't, right? Um, but like again, like you know, the upgrade system is cool, and I think that when they when they released under twenty two, that was a big thing, where they put in the where they where they gave everyone an ability to get a cheap milestone, cheaper MSP, and then upgrade it. Yeah, right. And I think that's big. I think that that was big. But yeah, because we'll the see. first few sets they released this year wasn't it only like two versions of a card. Dude, it was it, dude. It was, the first event was like there was an eighty six overall MSP, two eighty eight overall MSP, yeah. ninety one. It made no sense, and it they immediately really backtracked. And then, yeah, then rivals, and then they came but, out with like that. I, I feel yeah. like that there was it the Halloween one, the yep. rivals one. Yep. Were there two versions of like a Crosby? Was there like an eighty nine and a ninety, or am I misremembering? I think you're misremembering. Okay. There was a prior year. What they did was. They made it where the card that you made was an 89 at launch, but you could find and you could pull the 90. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. Something like that. Like that was like, because I remember that was like the lit versus grit with like high skin in on. I remember that being one of the best cards. And I remember I went out and got the 90 because like I knew that it would be a good card for a long time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I just, uh, you know, back to to the original thing. Like if, if cross market is not a thing, make everything tradable. And I feel like, you know, or we're, we're doomed. Like, in terms of like cards, like what I don't, I just don't get why there's so many prime time team of the weeks and things like that, and cards released when no one is like no one can get them. What is the? Yeah, and I also think it's a waste of resource. Like so, like following uh, Fosto on Twitter, he tweets out the new daily content every single day, right? So they'll show up, and I see that there's like 50 new cards out on a on a Tuesday, and I'm thinking like they they have a full time employee doing that right every single day. Isn't that a waste of resources on on June twenty third to have a guy in there doing that when you could be planning something for NHL twenty three? Yeah, uh, the content team works a little bit differently because content team has to go all the way through to the new year. I, they, I know, they, but they there's so to. many though. There's is there a need to have fifty cards out on on a Tuesday? No, no, there's not. It's just that's the format, right? No, so but they, change, like, NHL come on, you're, just you're, bombards you. You're a multi million dollar company, you know, EA Vancouver. Like, mm-hmm. think progressively. Mm-hmm. I agree um all right let's talk a little bit about the gwc okay yeah so what's going I don't know on if you i don't know if you watched this last weekend it was the uh xbox one, one. side all right who, who won probably probably the um oh i gotta be careful how i say this the least exciting due to the players remaining because it, the writing was on the wall i guess would be the way to say it so Jose, who is widely considered one of the best players in North America and the world. I mean, he did beat Eki on land in Tampa Bay. So in the world, okay, Jose is one of the best. I'd probably say top 15 in the world, maybe even top 10. And uh, the other two is Sasho and Lebanese Man. And they were both very good players. Uh, but you could kind of see that Jose was clearly going to win. And that's really how it played out. Uh, Lebanese Man kind of stunned because I thought Sasho was actually someone who had been a little bit further than GBC before. Lebanese man had not been, and uh, he's going to Montreal. Dude, I, I have to be honest. This is the first time I'm ever hearing of the name Lebanese man. I, I've that never is the heard... issue with the format. And, I've you know, never heard of this. Yeah, like, in, in a world where, you know, there was not four consoles, you probably don't see someone. Now, ever, now actually, to be... I mean, the last time that we had an event like this where eight people made it to a land... I mean, 2019, there was a few people on U.S. and Canada that qualified that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it, always so that, with that how it happens, is. Right? Yeah. That just happens, right? That just happens, right? He did play very well, though. I will say that. Um, but if his his odds to win are plus 5,000, okay, yeah. at LAN in Montreal. But I got to give him credit because 
he definitely, you know, he I think he beat Dangs. Okay. He's like a pretty good player. Like he, I, I believe it was him or it might have been Sasha. I can't remember, but like they, you know, the, it's just how it goes with the four four consoles. However, this weekend is the final qualifier. So right now we have uh, six people that have qualified for the Montreal land. We've got Polgs and Sap Alien. We've got Uninstall and Geimer, and we've got uh, Jose and Lebanese Man. And then there's three people left. There's Regs versus Gren, which is probably the best like maybe polgs beats out one of them but i still think that if you if you if you took a poll of the best 20 people or 20 people that are knowledgeable of the game who who you would say is number one and number two it's probably still regs and Gren. it is it's 100 percent. i don't care what anybody else says that's the yeah. two best players I, like, you know? I, I, we talked about this before that like, polgs had a year like regs has where he's won everything but he hasn't done like this because you know like the, the gwc is uh, he still has to win the the biggest one right where Regs did the exact same thing, didn't win the biggest one, and everyone forgets about the year where he literally didn't lose anything. So I, I so I can understand that. They have to be unseated first. So those two are going to play, and then the loser of that has got to play Aves. Clearly the odd man out. Aves is a very good player, and he's gotten a lot better as the year went on. Um, I think that he reminds me a lot of Geimer last year, where as the year went along, he became a little bit more of a serious opponent. And then like right near GWC, he, was, he made it one step before land last year or the the uh, online whatever it was right yeah yeah he lost a drew and that might have been the year before but regardless anyways he came very close and um so you've got aves i again if if it's if aves is one of the people that goes to montreal that might be one of the biggest upsets ever in the gwc i think so yeah which is uh, which is pretty cool. So this this weekend you've got it's going to be a really really good series. I would if you are not big in NHL esports, you haven't followed along the GBC, I would definitely watch Saturday uh, because you're going to see you'll get a series no matter what. It's a best of three between Regs and Gren. The winner of that will go to Montreal, and then the loser of that has got to play a best of three against Aves to go to Montreal. Um, but what's crazy is that because PS5 was so hard, right? There is going to be, let's let's assume that it's Regs and Gren. The loser of that is going to be in the bottom section. So that means one of the console winners first round in Montreal is going to be Regs or Gren. And that sucks. So are we going to know how the Montreal bracket will be after Saturday? I want to say yes. And uh, this is something I want to talk about. Like, again, like what I want to see. There is, um, I've, I've gotten to see the behind the scenes this year with GWC being, you know, in, in the, the head broadcaster role of it. And, um and talking with the people that are running the tournament. I have a lot of optimism for the tournament next year. I think they are going to try, I don't want to say one more year, but they are going to they are going to do their due diligence and and really try and go all out on this next year event. And, um, you know, communication is something that I'm going to try and stress that needs to happen for the player base. And I would love to see what's going to happen, um, you know, who if we're going to be able to see and, and know. But the one thing I, I think, though, is I think the the first round, so the eight people that go to Montreal, right? You can't have all eight people play on stream on the live finals. That's a six hour stream. Um, just you're not going to keep the excitement up. The the, the viewers aren't going to watch that whole thing. It's you just can't do that. It's not it's not good. So I think what the, they'll do what they did with the the Euros, where the first day the day before they'll do the quarterfinals, where it's like so there's there's four people that'll be eliminated. And you won't get to see them play. You'll see. You'll see highlights. You'll see a highlight package that DreamHack will put together. And DreamHack's been great at those. Yeah. Um, but you won't get to see that. So you'll know the day of, I believe. Actually, I don't even know because it, technically that's off. It'll be leaked, unfortunately. 
I'm yeah, sure like one of the kids will tweet it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you'll know yeah. who this, but um, I, I, I hope that that's communicated. We'll see, but. I, I am excited, wait. though, for next week. We get to do, at least, I don't know about you, but I'll do my GWC prediction. I will as well, too. For I'll bracket. I, I don't want to, like, spoiler alert, like, once I see the series out, like, we'll, again, not not discrediting Aves, but if it's Regs and Gren, they're going to play at least four games against each other. And, you know, like, that, it could be enough to sway me. I don't know. Dude, part of me thinks it's, like, Jose. He's gross, man. Dude, and, I like, was I was talking to somebody recently, and I was like, I think Regs is clearly the best player, but then they brought up a good point that I didn't think about is the fact that Gren just has McDavid, and in that setting, it's yeah. just almost not fair. It is, uh, it, dude. So in um, the in the Euros, I don't remember who it was that had McDavid, um, but I called one of the games. I remember watching it, being like, "Good lord." Like it's I like the second you go down the wing and versus there's a reason why you have to tune down McDavid's car to the launch of hut. Um, and, and it is, it is pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. This is where things are really going to start to heat up. And again, if you haven't watched NHL esports, I really, really stress that give it a shot. If you play the game enough, you listen to this podcast, you have enough of a love for NHL. Okay. I hate to break it to you. I know that me and you, me and Kesso maybe is entertaining uh, a, a duo on the planet but you, you have an interest in hut give it a watch man and uh it, it's gonna be really fun to see uh, especially the land too like i'm excited for montreal it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun time um do we get into kenobi now dude this is what i've been waiting for i mean the nhl uh, stuff i don't care about uh <laughs> all right all right boys spoiler alert we are gonna talk about the kenobi series if you are star wars fans or if you're not a star wars fan skip over this if you haven't watched kenobi all right We'll let you know when it ends, all right? I'll go like this if you're watching the video. I'll wave my hand so that you can, like, skim through and be like, okay, you know I'm not I'm not talking about it anymore. All right, so big Star Wars fans, both of us. I think I'm a little bit bigger. bigger you are because you've, than... like, read the books and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. Let's yeah. get your initial thoughts on Kenobi from the start to the end. Did your perception change? Uh, it didn't change. So from oh. the start to the end, I would I would I would rate it about a five out of ten. Um, okay, at the start too, eh? Yeah, at the start, I thought um, Riva could have been a good character. Um, the The writing in the show was terrible, right? So I kind of felt bad for the actress because I just thought that character was awful. Not enough Kenobi stuff in a short six episode series um, called Kenobi. I thought Leia, that actress, she did a great job. She was one of my favorite parts of the show. I agree. Um, I thought some of the CGI was terrible. I thought yeah. some of the action was was not good at all. Really? Um, I thought the show was eighty to ninety percent bad, mixed with ten to twenty percent really cool moments. Okay, you know, just stuff you know you wanted to see. Um, but that's my you know reaction to it. That I don't know if you agree with that or not. So I think the first two, maybe three episodes, uh, my perception was really high on it um, because of like the anticipation and i was so curious to see how they would end it and the the problem doing a show like this is that the start and the end you already know yeah so you're you're filling in stuff that has to be exciting the fans don't know that gives you like the oh my god moment like you know so i'll give you an example early on in the first episode again the nerd in me 
Obi-Wan goes and delivers this little model airplane, this model spaceship to, to Kenobi, to, to Luke. And then Owen gives it back as Owen, like you see the dynamic that Owen hates Ben, hates Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like, I love that because I remember in episode four, Luke's literally in his fuck, in his hut playing with that. It's ship. the same exact so, like, one. That, that was really cool. That's cool. Like that's so really like, cool. I was like, okay, that's a big fan service thing. I'm excited to see what other bigger moments because I, I figured there would be a big moment that tied in something that you wouldn't have anticipated. As it went along, there is no Luke. And I feel like that was a misdirection of the show because it's on the, the what you thought was going to happen was your Kenobi and it was like dealing with something on Tatooine and it's involving Luke. You got none of that. Luke's screen time was probably less than five minutes of the yeah. entire show. Okay, so that's a big misdirect. The Leia character wasn't even built. I don't think anyone realized that. I will say this. The Leia character and how good she was really gave more depth to Princess Leia in 4, 5, and 6 because there's none of that. There is literally nothing in any other, maybe a little bit in Star Wars Rebels, the animated show, but you have, and again, that's kind of like a nerdier thing. So if you yeah. just watch the movies, right, you have Rogue One and you see her five seconds before episode four starts that's it and you see her basically be born in episode three so the leia character was really cool to see the dynamic um and 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 realize that she knows ben like she knows obi-wan before and like there's now this now there's an understanding as to why leia goes like you're my only you're our only hope kind of thing right so i thought that was cool um uh, but yeah no luke that was i hated that um I didn't the mind that part because I I, I was kind of like I didn't mind that they subverted the expectations I guess you could say and went with Leia because the expectation was he would be on Tatooine doing something like saving Luke right I'm wondering I am wondering if because of Mandalorian and Boba Fett we literally got so much Tatooine in the last three years well that's been the joke right it's like every Star Wars story has to take place on there's only one planet it's the coolest planet like I would have but like that's that's so part of me thinks that like maybe that was an issue like they I'll, can't I'll go just... with Coruscant as the coolest planet oh by the way we got to see the live you know another additional scene there between Anakin and Obi-Wan flashback like at the attack of the clone era yeah I think it was the, episode really cool. four or five like, again that was really cool yeah so like them like dueling or whatever like yeah in, like yeah that was really good I think but the issue I have with how it ended is you could not watch Kenobi and be completely okay. It literally ends with him beating him somehow Vader after the whole series is built showing Vader being this absolutely menacing, like insanely powerful, which is key because in episode four, five and six, he's literally just a henchman. You don't really get the sense that you don't understand how powerful he actually is. And other than Rogue One, again, Rogue One has a lot at the end of Rogue One that it probably moves the story along more than any other like Star Wars thing because he just goes into that one ship and just starts murdering everyone in that hallway of Rogue One. And in this show, you see him like, dude, he like snaps a dude's neck and then like you know like basically chokes right, him right in front like, of his kid. Yeah, like it was wild. Oh, and, and then, then him like, him pulling down that ship. With the that force. was sick. Yeah, that was that was sick. So and again, like you see how powerful he is, but then it's like, dude. You you end up, Obi-Wan somehow manages to get all of his force power back, which is okay, cool, good moment, right? But, like, how does it not end with, like, it ends the exact same way as episode three to an extent. It's just not as brutal as him burning in the lobby. Like, he beat the piss out of him, and he's, yeah. like, down on one knee. Vader looks like it, just like he got Which he got was great dialogue in that scene. I thought the writing overall was bad in the show, but that, that was scene. Coming. 
Yeah. I, when I saw them, I'm like, dude, he's going to slash his head or something because Hayden Christensen's literally the actor. Oh, and, and then like, another cool scene, uh, thing about the show, though, cool thing, right? The 10 mm-hmm. to 20% cool stuff. That scar, I guess, that he gives him where he slashes him on the head is later, and you see it in, like, episode yep. five whenever his helmet's coming down. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And again, like, there is some nice, like, moments like that, but it literally ends the exact same way as three. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for their dynamic. So there's a, like, there's a few things that, the only, the only thing that we have, other than episode three and episode four, is their, their like, 10-second lightsaber battle, which is awful if you watch it again, in episode four from the 70s. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, there's, like, lines in there. Um, and I don't have them off the top of my head. I was reading something and, and I just watched it. The, uh, like when I, whenever I left you, you, you were the math. Yeah, like I was there the was learner. The things, and like you legitimately could have done that stuff. And then that would have made sense. But like, it's just in the, it's like Vader is the most menacing person on the, on the war galaxy right now. And he literally beats the crap out of Reva. Doesn't kill her. She like somehow, she, it's like, that, he like, doesn't pissed me look. off. Why would look? he not kill her? He's he's yeah. killing children out there. Yeah, but he that's wouldn't what kill doesn't her. Doesn't make any sense. He leaves her alive to basically just prolong the character. Like they're just, you know. And I think that that kind of sucks. Do you want to know my biggest nitpick of the show? And it's a small thing. What's that? During the okay, so episode I think it was like episode two. Uh, Vader's fighting Obi Wan. Vader wanted to torture him. He wanted to drag him through yeah. that fire and torture him. Crazy last, creepy moment. The last fight. He throws about three to five rocks on him and walks away. Yeah. Why? He wanted to torture him four episodes earlier. Now he's like, oh, I guess he's dead. Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the strongest Jedi ever. I guess he's dead now. You have now. a huge tie to him. Like, yeah. You know, like you you're just, just going to walk away? That made no sense. Is It was really like that. Yeah. Like it, it just, there was not enough done in it. It was cool fan service. Um, and we, and it adds to like the, the Skywalker saga, but man, like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing from a hardcore Star Wars fan standpoint. I think, I think that's like the takeaway I have from it. It's just like, there was, there was other stuff that I would have rather seen. Um, and you know, the Qui-Gon thing was cool at the end, even though Liam Neeson said he'd never do a TV show. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> he looks so much older than he did whenever he was, you know, 22 yeah, I know, years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, no, 25 years ago that's yeah it's a long time ago you expected him to show up considering he was calling out to him like the whole show right yeah and he literally liam neeson literally said i'll never do a tv show yeah like it's like okay bro like we get it like you know like you probably got the bag for that six seconds Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like the 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 reva character i i i love that it's a youngling that survived that was sweet. That was cool, too. See, see, that's my issue. It's all cool things just yeah. done really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that showed up. I, I saw this, like, clip on... It might have been on, like, Reddit or something. It was about George Lucas. And he was saying... He's like, well, people fail to understand. is like, Star Wars is for kids, you know? So then we're, me and you are sitting here, you know, 30 oh, yeah. years old, like, oh, da, 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 da. And I, I, I have to tell myself that sometimes just mm-hmm. because it's, like, watching that. But I still don't think that should excuse it from being, like, as good as it could be. Um, because no, I think the Mandalorian not. is is perfect. Mandalorian is legitimately a space western. Like it yeah. is, it is done so different than every other Star Wars thing, and that and Boba Fett are phenomenal. It's like they don't pay. It's like they don't pander to kids. See, other you than, and I like, disagree other- a little bit on Boba Fett. I didn't really care for it too much. Um, I liked it. It was better than Kenobi, maybe. Again, I was like so obsessed with Star Wars that yeah. there was there's Boba Fett is like it always bothered me that he was like the most famous character 
in Star Wars, yet he legitimately has 45 seconds in 4, 5, and 6. Yep. And somehow he's like this, like, just, you know, everyone's favorite character. Because he looks so, so badass, you know? Yeah, so seeing that was really cool. And then seeing what happened after Episode 6, they do a really good job of that. Like, after what happens on Tatooine with the Sarlacc Pit and all of that, they did a really good job, all of the Hut stuff. Like, I just, I thought that, as, again, maybe that's, like, the nerdy part of it, but, like, I thought that, that they did some pretty cool things. And not to mention, like, Dude, the riding the rank horns, like it was just really cool, over the top. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think yeah. uh, these shows, like, if you're only doing six episodes, you have to keep like a super like hyper focused storyline, and they're trying to do too much they in went, such a short. Yeah, they went of time. nine different places in Kenobi in six was, episodes, and these episodes aren't an hour long. They were like forty minutes. Yeah, I think there is a second season, or at least it's rumored. I would assume so. Part of me is like, I don't want that because it's got to be on Tatooine. If he leaves again, then it's like. It's... But if you do a second season, like, I don't want, like, I don't think there should be any more Vader in, in, a, in a Kenobi show. Like, it ended fine. Like, leave that relationship where it is, and then they don't see each other until episode four. It did advance Vader a lot, though. Like, it, it Vader, Vader definitely looks way more menacing than. Dude, he's the best part of the shows and the movies all the time now. Like, his little scene in Rogue One, like him and this, mm-hmm. uh, some of those comics that they came out with that I like read about and stuff. Like, yep. No, uh, yeah, they're doing they do a, good a really job. good job of making him showing why he's so powerful. Like, why he's like, the, yeah. You know? But no, that's, I, I, yeah, I think that, that it was, it was a little disappointing. And, um, you know, we'll see. I'm excited for the High Republic era. I've listened to my first audiobook, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's what was it? Talk- so I went to that. I went to GCX. Did we have a podcast? No. So I went to GCX. Oh, so not only did I go away this last weekend with my wife for her 30th birthday, I legitimately went to Orlando right after GWC prior weekend last weekend to go to uh, Gaming Community Expo, which is run by the guys that host our podcast, uh, Rare Drop. And uh, so I got to see them. And they, they do a Star Wars podcast called Star Wars and Scotch. And they actually had uh, a panel um uh, talking about star wars and uh, one of the people was uh, mark thompson who is actually like the the audiobook voice of the series called thrawn and when thrawn becomes a tv show or whatever he is gonna be like one of the is he is one of the coolest like characters in the star wars universe he's only in like rebels and a little bit of like clone wars like the animated stuff and then books so you don't people that just watch the movies have no idea who thrawn is i should um, watch rebels rebels is re- it's quick and i believe if you google it there's a way there's episodes if you just picked out these certain episodes you would get all the meat of it okay um, well they have the same thing i didn't watch clone wars and they have like a this is what you should watch if you just want to watch the story exactly yeah yeah, yeah. same thing because there's a lot there's like four seasons so it's a lot um but it is it is pretty cool and um but yeah so the 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 audio author or the audio reader was on the panel and then there was a couple other people that i believe there was uh, the two people that do star wars explained which is like they go in depth to every piece of star wars content it's a couple and they're amazing at it but they've got like hundreds of thousands of subscribers on youtube i got to listen to their them talk but then so when mark thompson was talking and he you know i found out that he was the the guy who reads the throng books i was like you know what i'm gonna give an audiobook a shot because you know i think i have add i've never been diagnosed with it but i have a really hard time reading books like i'll i'll read it and then like i'll there'll be a page where i'll literally just think about other stuff and i have to go back and read the entire page so, like, I have a hard time reading a book that isn't something I'm super interested in. So, I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll give it a try. So, uh, the High Republic era is, like, the best era of Star Wars, but the only thing that we've had so far is the Knights of Republic game, and we talked about our five favorite games of all time. Knights of Republic is one of mine, like, top two. It's it, bet one of the best, and not just, like, the, the, the game itself, but the story in it of Star Wars. And uh, they're, they're, so, their next 
the Skywalker saga is done. Disney's now going to do um, a show, I believe, and uh, it, it comes, I don't know when it comes out, but it's in the High Republic era, which is, I think is like 200 years before Skywalker. Um, so I started reading the, the first book on it and, uh, the audio reading an audio or listening to an audiobook, It's not just someone reading it. The, the voice actor in this one specifically does different voices for like when certain characters are talking, which is a nice little, like, you know, and then there'll be like sound. So like when he talks about like a lightsaber fight, you hear the lightsaber go off and like, oh, damn. I was like, I'm like, this is a little bit better than reading a, yeah. So like, I'm all about it now. If it's a, if it's not like a. You know, uh, if it's an if it's not a nonfiction book, like if it's a fiction book, like I 100% would would I'm all I recommend Audible. But yeah, I'm like almost how it's a, it's a 12 hours, and I don't know how many pages it is. Uh, it's called Into the Dark, I believe. It's the first one in the Higher Public series. It's not a very good story. Is I'm that a um? Is that part of the like the legacy one? No. So this is Star Wars canon. Like this. This is, is like, canon now, like yeah, Disney era. This is what Disney is considering. Canon. Okay. Which was huge because when Kotor, when Knights of Republic got announced that they were doing a remake, it made Kotor canon. Okay. And they mention Revan, and if you, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but there's a part of Rise of Skywalker, or the last, the 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 whatever, the last Jedi, whatever the hell it's called, the ninth one where they're showing like Sith lords or whatever, and like Revan's mask like gets flashed, and maybe I'm just tripping, but Revan is the main bad guy in Kotor okay and the story's so good but um but yeah so you know i i audible books guys uh i would i would recommend i actually don't mind it at all yeah i have like seven or eight credits on audible that i was yep, like yep. thinking like i gotta get something because i listened to um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy on on an audio book okay. and that was great that was entertaining yeah um, but like, I, need something. I didn't i didn't think i thought it was just some guy reading the words no, dude, sometimes they get, like, uh, I read the Matthew McConaughey book that he came out with, like, last year, which was amazing, but he, ha- there's an audiobook version of it, and he does the reading, and he oh, does that's it in different. his Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, okay, last thing I want to talk about, new games. So this might be, so 2022 might be the worst year for video game releases in, I don't want to say the history of, like, or maybe the last decade. And the reason why is every good game got pushed back, other than Elden Ring. And, you know, for a lot of people, Elden Ring is not a, you know, FromSoft is like, they make Dark Souls games, and those are not for everybody. It's like, no, they're if, you, not. if you work yeah. nine to five, not a lot of you want to go home and play one of the hardest games in the history of video games, right? So, like myself, I don't, I don't, like, I bought Elden Ring, I played about three hours of it. It's hard, and that makes it kind of fun, but I'm like, nah, dude, like, I'm not struggling at every single aspect of the game. Um, but that is one of the biggest games out. But outside of that, dude, there has not been anything. And there's not going to be either, which is like another big issue. Um, but that being said, there is a few games that have come out and or have been out that I've been really super um, intrigued in. Um, one of them is called Star Citizen, bro. So I've been watching this. Uh, one of the guys that is, uh, he again, owns Rare Drop in Kings Coast. And his name's Tim. He's one of the biggest Facebook streamers there there is. And dude, I didn't realize the scope of this game. So you get your own ship on a, and like and you can do like, you know, space combat like against other people's ships and whatnot. You land on space stations, you can f- you fly to planets. The scope of this game is massive. And yeah, I'm looking realize, at I'm looking at Yeah, up you right get now. off of it and like it's like first person. Like guns, all that stuff. And I've been watching him play it and I feel like it's a game where you have to play hundreds of hours. 
Um, but I, I have played it enough and he has done a good enough job being like, like, this is a good game. And I've been watching it enough or I'm like, I got to give this thing a shot. Cause it looks sweet. Dude, I watched, there's a guy who is an architect and he's got 500,000 subs and he literally reviews from an architectural standpoint, all of the ships in, in Star Citizen. It has that big of a following. Dude, it's huge. And the one, and I, so I watched, I, dude, I, just, I went to the rabbit hole. And it was one, it was like the A35 super yacht. And this, it's like the most expensive ship you can buy in Star Citizen. And it's like 200 feet long. And he goes into detail and you can see, dude, I could just, I could imagine owning it in this game. And it is one of the coolest things. Like it is massive. And it's got, it looks like it's like marble floors and like all, it is just really cool. Like, I don't know. I thought it was, it was really uniquely done. I don't know if maybe there isn't a lot of substance to it. And maybe that's why it isn't that gigantic yet. I don't know when it came out, to be honest with you. Um, I saw something here referencing, like, uh, there's, like, it's shown, like, the size of the ships in the game. And it says, like, yeah. October 2018. So I don't know if it came out a it few It could be years. an old game. I mean, like, but like Tarkov, it's still, Tarkov. I think it's still in development, though. It's, like, one of those A lot of games, games right? like that. It'll be, like, beta. So that, Because if, uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, if, if a game stays in beta or alpha, um, they don't have to uh, report to the, like, the... It's like finishing your house. So if you finish your basement, you have to pay tax on owning your basement, on having a completely finished house. So if you notice a lot of people, maybe your friends have it at your own house, if you're younger, you'll notice that you're, you don't have ceilings in your roof on some part of your basement. That's why. So like, same thing in video games. You don't have to, if you're not, once you develop a game and release it fully, you have to pay like a whole other thing. Like you have to report like completely different. So like Tarkov, for example, has been in development for like seven years. PUBG is the most famous one. Like PUBG, yeah, I was thinking of that one. Is that, is yeah, that still in beta? No, because when it released on console, you have to be fully good to oh. go. Right? So it allows you to do... You don't have to do certain things for, like, revenue. I think that Star Citizen is like that. Uh, did you see the thing for Starfield? The new Bethesda I game? did watch that, yeah. Bro, dude, that looks good. Dude, I think it looks good. The only thing is, like, the, the combat looks a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it looks like No Man's Sky with, like, an actual game behind it. It looks like Fallout, bro, in space. Like, you build your own space facilities, you build your own ship. It's going to be a fun one to sink, like, you know, 50 to 100 hours in, you know? 100%, man. And apparently there's a thousand planets, like... How many do you think are, like, handcrafted? 10 to to 12? What I think is, they probably have an algorithm where it's, like... Yeah, it's a procedural... Randomly generate buildings and stuff. But, like, you land and it's, like, the same kind of enemies on each place. Yeah, I think... But but that's not out until, what, 2023 or 24? It's 2023, I believe. But so that I means agree. the next, and I don't know if you played the Outer Scrolls games like Skyrim or anything, I played but Skyrim. that means Outer Scrolls 6 is probably going to be out in like 2027. Yeah, they said, they said, um, oh my God, in it, I think it went Starfield, then uh, Elder Scroll, or like the new uh, Elder Scrolls game, and then um, uh, Fallout. Fallout. Is, yeah. So that's going to be, dude, we might be dead. That's your, what? I said, we might be dead by the time those come out. But, dude, the scope of those things. Dude, can you imagine what Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to look like? No, because I don't think it'll ever come out at this point. Dude, like, bro, Grand Theft Auto 5, I don't think I truly appreciated what the scope of that game. Because I never played online, and I really am sad that I did not play online. Uh, because it felt like a game where, like, you know, like it came out on PS3, and I didn't play the online version of it. And I feel like I was just, like, three years too late to, like, start playing online. But yeah. I would love to see what it's like because I think that, you know, in the future when they release that, that it's going to be even better, you know, maybe. But I, I would think so. GTA Online was a lot of fun. Um, it got better as it, you know, went along. They're yeah. still adding things, I think. 
Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's gigantic. Like, yeah, it is. But dude, it, it came out. I think it was ten nine years ago. Yep. And there's still not a new Grand Theft Auto. No. The dude. Why would you like? worry about the cost of making because the problem is when you make such a banger game you need the next one needs to be better yeah and it's not like a movie because like a movie i feel like you know it's just a two-hour script right obviously very difficult and you still have to do that but like a video game uh, the scale of what grand theft auto is is insane like it's i I would think the two i forget i think it's dan hauser maybe there's like another guy that's been like the creator of grand theft auto for i don't know how since it started right okay those guys are close to billionaires now maybe they're probably worth two three hundred million dollars because they started mm-hmm. the studio at some point that desire has to die down a little bit what too, happened right? with uh um with uh oh my god the guy who wrote game of thrones you got that's, lazy that's, that's, that's a whole yeah like that's a whole other issue right yeah but uh last so the other game i want to talk about though um uh so tarkov is another game uh, I love, and they're doing a wipe where they wipe everyone's account, and they reset the world, they put all the new stuff in on the new patch. And it's crazy because you'd be like, dude, you just did all this work, and now you lose it all, but for whatever reason, the system works. Uh, but there's a new game called um, Cycle Frontier, and it's like a space version of it, and um, a little bit more arcade feel. It's not so like insanely tactical. Like Tarkov's got to be the closest thing to a, a combat simulator there is in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit closer to like not. I want to say Fortnite's not that cartoony, uh, but it's along the same lines, right? It looks like you're playing Mass Effect to an to an example. But um, so I'm excited to play that. And I believe it's free to play as a battle pass system to it. But like uh, I'm excited to try that out a little bit in the summer. Uh, but the last game. So me and Skyla went away for my wife's thirtieth birthday this last weekend. I uh, went to a cottage, got a really nice cottage where uh, I used to have one on a place called Turkey Point and uh, loved it out there. It's beautiful. Cottage was really good. Airbnb was really cheap for some reason and the cottage was awesome. We got to take summer in the water for the first time, our dog. Nice. She loved it, bro. Like I was, I was a little nervous because shepherds either love it or they don't. And uh, no, like she like bit the, bit the waves for a second and then just started. She didn't swim. She just jumped. She just kept jumping. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like this feels right. Like, so anyways, she really liked it, but the one day it was like kind of crappy outside. So I brought my Xbox and what I did was I downloaded the quarry right before I left because I was like, this might be somewhat fun to play. So the quarry is a game that reminds me a lot of like until dawn. There's very little gameplay. It is not difficult. It basically is all choices. And there's, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. There's probably 200 choices in this 12 to 15 hour game. Maybe even longer. It might've been a two, 20 hour game. We grinded it the one day, man. Cause it was just so, it was so bad outside that we like didn't leave and you can let your wife play or significant other play. And we had a blast, man. We went through this whole thing and it, it's, it's like a can't your, your uh, kids at a camp, like a, and you know, your last day at the camp, you, you accidentally get stuck there. And then there's just, like I said, there's like 200 choices and they all impact if certain people are going to die or live. And, uh, there's like any sort of combination of people that can live in the story. And it's really funny what you end up with. Because, like, certain decisions can just completely kill three characters. Like, there's a sequence where we literally killed three people. We were trying to, like, we didn't want to kill anyone. But there was a sequence where, like, we literally killed three people in the span of 30 seconds. All because of, like, one decision. We're like, ah! Like, we, like, couldn't stop it. Like, once it started. Like, it was really fun. But I would, I would, it's $80. I would not recommend if you were just going to buy it to play it. I would, if you have a significant other, 1,000% buy it. Those are my favorite types of games that you can play with your wife. I saw, it, um, I think it was OG Kevin Bacon was having a good time with that game. Yeah, like, it's funny to stream, bro. Like, it, it, it was hilarious. Because it is, it is scary. It's a horror movie. There's a lot of jump scares in it. 
Um, but it, it was it was really good, man. I and um, you know totally recommend that for anyone. Um, the price tag is too high if you're just gonna play it though. Like I, I legitimately I, I don't want to say like oh only if you have a girlfriend or a wife or something. No, like if you have a significant other, one thousand percent because I think that it's it's a hilarious twelve to fifteen hours. They had an actor in that game that I liked. He was in a. I don't know if you ever all, watched the show. All of on, them were famous actors. Like all the all characters of them? are legit. Like David Arquette is like one. Oh, of the David main Arquette's in the movie or in the game. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yep. Uh, Ethan Supley is. Um, that might be the only one you know. There was a couple of my wife. There was a kid. Yeah. He was in the Righteous Gemstones on HBO. He's younger. And he He's lost like all his weight, and he became jacked. You gotta look at. You'll know exactly who Ethan Supley is right when you look him up. I guarantee Ethan? you. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan Supley. S-U-P-L-E. You'll know exactly who he is, I think. Oh, this dude from, uh, yeah. what was it? Not he my lost name. all is it his my name is Earl? He got jacked, and he looks like that in the game. It's hilarious. Like, it's 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 great. They did a really dude, good Dude, he's there. huge. Like, he's huge yeah. in a good way. <laughs> yeah, he was he used to be the fat guy in every movie, and now he's what jacked. What in the world? I can't believe this is him. Yeah, it's so funny, man. But yeah, Yo, good again, for him. so the quarry, guys, uh, I would definitely recommend checking that out. All right, our top five, bro. Yeah, right, we're now in order. In. Our top five worst NHL games. This is ranked, our ranking in order. Or do you want to make any changes? Do I want to make any changes? To your list. No, I'm confident with my list. I am confident as well, okay? okay. I will go first. My number five is NHL 13. Uh, the reason is, and you might not remember this, guys. Again, so I do something every year where I go back and play every single NHL game before the new one comes out. Um, and... I don't know what it is. There's, It's like the game hits an absolute wall and all the skating makes no sense. Um, you go, like, it, it just feels absolutely awful. And the one thing I also want to mention about this list is we're talking about year over year um, because you can't really compare a sports game seven years and ahead. Like NHL 22 is better than, you know, almost every NHL game just based on graphics. Like if you wouldn't play NHL 06 over 222. I'm sorry, you won't. Like, you just, you just won't, right? So we're talking about year over year. When you go back and play 12, 12 actually had a really nice graphical bump, and I believe that was the outdoor classic games that came 11 was the winter classic. 12, they added, because I'm a, I'm a fucking nerd. 12, yeah. they added, uh, I think, the loose puck on the slap shot, where yes, whenever yes, you yes. wound up, you weren't connected to the puck. Yes, exactly. And Dude, that's 13 sad just that did I not really that. have a big... Of a, big improvement to it and when you go back and play the skating it's just absolutely atrocious i don't know what happened because nhl the very next year is one of the best games and uh i don't know what happened in 13 but that's uh, my number five i'm going with another game from that era because okay. uh i i think 11 through 13 weren't that good but i'm going nhl 11 okay um and the reason i'm doing that nhl 09 introduced eashl nhl 10 might have had the best gameplay from that era of games besides maybe nhl 14 NHL 11 went super arcadey, and you would have, like, a 6v6 game, and, like, one team would have, like, 60 hits, you know, 70 hits. Yeah. Um, it wasn't good, and it kind of regressed from, like, what NHL 10 was. Um, I forget if that was the year that they added people falling down. That might have been NHL 13, like, just skaters, they like, just, Yeah, they just edge. fell down, yeah. Yeah. So NHL 11 was bad. All right. Uh, my number four all-time worst NHL game is NHL 22. And I, the games ahead of it are real bad, and it's the only way that it didn't make it higher on my list. So, again, you have to when you compare a sports video game, not just NHL, when you compare a sports video game because they're yearly, you have to go 
year over year, how much improvement did you get in that game to spend $80 to buy it brand new? And we went back and we had four separate player bases, which meant four separate markets. All they did was add an X-Factors, and I personally don't think X-Factors are all that great of an addition to the game. I feel like they were thrown in because they didn't have a lot um, that they could actually put in and back-of-the-box features that we talk about. They just kind of grabbed what Madden did and threw it in, and I don't think it played well for NHL. Uh, there was a couple of good things they did with like the tier system and HUT specifically, and they did do some decent changes for ESHL, uh, but I just think that it's one of the worst year-over-year games um, that we've had. And, uh, yeah, it's my number four. Uh, my number four? I'm going to take your number five, NHL 13. Okay. Um, I think three games were bad, but I think two stood out. Um, 13 was just like, dude, it was slow. NHL it was 12 it's was so very slow, dude. It was the NHL 18 of that, of that, yep. you know, years. So I don't think there's too much more to say. NHL 13 wasn't that good. Okay, my number three, NHL 18. NHL 18 um, was the last year, I believe, of the in Hut specifically, um, of that uh, the the event collectibles, the specific event collectibles, which is an awful system. Um, they also, I believe, NHL 18 was the year where the ruby and ice cards were in the game, which effectively ruined it. Uh, that might have been 19. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm almost positive it was 18. Uh, but regardless of that, they had a new skating engine where, dude, turning literally felt like you threw up a sail and you were just turning this massive sailboat not only that it is people can say skill zoning has been around for forever skill zoning started in nhl 18 it was the worst experience you could possibly have if you put your uh defensive pressure to all-out attack all-out aggressiveness your ai would go and pressure the puck carrier and pin them up along the boards automatically which led to possibly the worst gaming experience that I have ever had online. And I was actually pretty good at 18. It was one of my better years. But good Lord, if you go back and play it now, it is terrible. It was an awful game. It was bad. What's your number three? NHL 18. Sorry, NHL 22. Sorry, NHL 22 is my number three. NHL 22 is my number three. Wow, it's Um, higher. Yeah, it is. uh, So it's better than NHL 18. Okay. Um. I will I think, admit that, yeah. Yeah, year over year, uh, the improvement sucked. I think there's so many things outside of the gameplay. Like, I think if the if the gameplay was what it is and, and the rest of the game worked, it'd be okay. But we went through, like, weeks at a time where you had desync from games, you know? And uh, I just <laughs> that think... That patch in December, I completely forgot yeah. about. So NHL 22 is number three. Okay. Um, all right. My number two, NHL 15. New gen. Uh, new gen, yes. New gen NHL... Uh, NHL 15. I'm no really ESHL. wondering what your number one is huh? now at this What? I said, I'm really wondering what your number one is. I'm excited. You would not know this unless you did what I did. Okay. Um, so, yeah, NHL 15, uh, god awful, obviously, in the fact that year over year, like, there would be, if you did not play HUT um, or you just played Versus, I guess, you'd be okay. But no ESHL after years of that. Uh, there was no GM Connected, right? That was taken out. Everything was taken out except HUT and Versus. Yes. So... That, like I said, when you compare year-over-year game, I actually didn't mind the gameplay in it. I think the gameplay of NHL 15 on New Gen actually played half-decently. Um, I was pretty good at Versus in NHL 15. Dude, it was such a weird game because I don't know if you remember, you can hold in, like, the right stick, and your players would, like, do, like, sharp angle, like, protecting the puck animations. Yeah. And it was impossible to knock people off the puck. Mm-hmm. I don't know what... And that's in the era before the defensive skill stick, which is just yeah. weird. It's weird to go back and play that. 
But yeah, he, that is my number two. My number two is NHL 18. I spoiled it, but yeah. Yep. NHL 18 is my number two. Uh, the gameplay was abysmal. It was slow. Um, and then the skill zoning was awful. Dude, people complain about it now, and I just feel like they don't, they didn't play 18 as yeah. much, maybe, because, <laughs> dude, like there was no way around it. Like you could literally just sit in the middle and have your AI attack the puck. And people be like, dude, you can do that now. The AI doesn't, because of NHL 18, the AI will not attack the puck. They will not actually, they will not actually knock a, knock the puck off of like an opponent's stick by itself. It'll run in. And like, if like, you know, it's clunky, if you run into an AI, like you'll, you'll lose it right on, on contact, but your AI will not like go and automatically po check it off or pin people up along the boards. Like that's all because, or they won't take penalties either. Well, <laughs> before, before you do your number one, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So the last time we got a game as bad as NHL 18 was probably this year in terms of just the game. Yeah, NHL, EA, EA followed up. NHL 19 was really good. NHL 20 was, was good. really good, in my opinion. Do you think there's a chance we get back to that fun factor? I Okay, so I've said this for like the last two years now. I even had like a tweet that got memed. But I think that the year after that we get cross console will be the best NHL ever. Better than 14, better than any game that we have ever had. I think that it'll be the year in a decade where you're where we're like, man, remember how good NHL 24 was? I truly believe that. So I don't think it'll be next year. I think next year we get the... Dude, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like, yeah, we're getting cost console and it's like an update in December. But like, I feel like, I feel like next year, I have no faith that cross console will work if it's actually implemented. I don't think that we'll get cross market. You know, I, I don't think we'll have any big overhaul changes in any of the modes in HUT. So it's still going to be rivals, HUT rush, squad battles, repeat, and maybe we get leaderboards or something like that. Not enough year over year to make it worth it. But the year after that cross console is in and it works, I will stand by my, my proclamation that that will be the best NHL video game we'll ever have. All right. So what's, what's, I'm excited. What's this number one? It's going to be like right. NHL 96. Okay. So the worst game. And again, this is all perception and all and obvious opinion. But if you go and play every NHL game, like I've done, almost, I think this will be my fourth time doing it, NHL 97 on PlayStation 1 is the worst game. Like, there is no way you, sh- you should have been charged money. So the reason why it's on, NA- on PlayStation 1 is, so PlayStation 1 was the first year where it was polygons. So they got away from, like, the NHL 94 model. And... It did not add anything new. The menus were so poor and pixelated. Like, again, this was an advancement in technology that probably at the time people were like, oh my God, look how lifelike this is. Dude, you could not even... You know when you go back to old games and you look at the crowd and like this flat like layer and it's like little dots that are supposed to be the head? That's what the players looked like. Trying to play this game on... Again, you don't play it on 1080p. You can't play on 1080p. But I have like a, a connector that literally will play it the way it's intended on PlayStation One, and it is it is absolutely abysmal. So I went and played NHL '97 on Sega, which is the best con. Sega was the best console for sports games in terms of performance and how they played, uh, better than Super Nintendo. And I went and played NHL '97. It was the same style as like NHL '94, '95, and it played smooth. And there was like franchise mode, and you can make trades and and expansion mode and all this stuff. And then NHL '98 is where it really took off like the the nhl franchise that's like one of the first games i remember nhl 98 is like 
incredible year over year. It's like it'd be one of the best. But yeah, NHL '97 on PlayStation One, one of the they they tried, failed. Like that's it. That's the only way you can say. My number one was you know you already mentioned NHL '15 New Gen. Uh, nothing was in the game. They eventually did patch in team I'm play. Surprised. I surprised. I forgot how much you're into ESHL though back then. Yeah, because that's what I mainly played. I did that in like money game. Yeah, like I'm surprised because I I didn't think that ESHL. I never I didn't play a lot of ESHL. I for I think two years I did with my buddies, yeah. and it was a blast. But like I didn't get big into it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun back then, and it's surprising. Like most people know me now, just know me from right now. But like I you know mainly played ESHL. Yeah, I forgot about that. So 15 would definitely be really bad for you, dude. Could you imagine that, like they just wipe out a mode? Like, dude, wipe out World of Chell, put everything in the hut, <laughs> dude. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, I, dude, like, there's so many people. Like, more people play or ESHL than play hut, which is yeah. crazy. I mean, that'd be good for us if it was only hut. It'd be, dude. I selfishly, I apologize to all you World of Chellers, bro. My numbers would be great. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be great. All those random sixes team tournaments would now be hut if they did them. You know, oh. like. You could only play that. More people would be playing it. More cards on the auction house. Way more. Because yeah. then we written packs. Hashtag remove World of Chell from Hut or from Chell. <laughs> That's Kesso, not me. That's Kesso, yeah, not there me. There we go. I'm gonna end up on Reddit. Let me message Ben Ross right now. <laughs> All right, there's our list. Let me hear your list in the comments section down below, guys. And we'll be back. Uh, we're gonna have an episode, another episode in a couple days, I think, dude. After yeah, GWC I think so. on Saturday. Yeah. And we'll know the field and all that. Yeah, we have to do... Yeah, because I want to do the prediction for that because I think I have a good feel this year. Um, Dude, last year I was bang on. You were? Uh, There was 32 club qualifiers, like 32 club champions. I think I went like 26 out of 32. Yeah. Like, it was was pretty good. I felt pretty good about it. But yeah, Yeah. that'll be be interesting. It will be. All right, boys. Thank you guys for watching or listening or whatever. I'll see you guys... We'll see you guys uh, in a couple days. Have a good one, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.